Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Tell you what, a very good listener named Brian emailed us a picture of the uh, student section. Pretty empty, huh? Yeah, it's it, uh, the stadium looks pretty empty. The picture he did say, Look at that, Jake. Oh, he put me on it. I saw it. Yeah, but you don't pay attention to any emails. That's <laughs> true. I'm begging Jake to play, play some Peso Pluma coming back from break, and he refuses to do it. Oh, man, I love Peso Pluma. You haven't asked me one You want to go to... Uh, hey, canta. You want to you go uh, see him with me and Julia? Where are you going? When he comes, in August. Found something she wants to do, so... I'll do anything with Julia. She accused me. Of, you don't know who he is. Like, what you, I just told you he's coming to concert. Jared Sutton will go. I got some brownie points when I did a League's Cup game last year and dropped a Peso Pluma reference during a uh, game against a Liga Emeki's opponent. I like Peso Pluma. Better not say that around the wrong people. Peso Pluma? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say hello to Jared Sutton. Hello, Jared. How are you? I'm good, guys. What's going on? Good to be with you guys this morning. What are you doing? Uh, I'm just gearing up for this Kansas-BYU game tonight. How are you? Oh, got Got a local game tonight, so yeah, just trying to get some oh, stuff done. You're scouting? Before, uh, I will be scouting the game tonight, yeah. So why don't you Come give on. us a scouting report on this uh, team of 35-year-old men uh, they could <laughs> coming in for BYU? <laughs> what do we got here? Well, first I'll start with uh, Nick Robinson. I don't know if that name sounds uh, familiar to you guys, but Nick Robinson was uh, a player at Liberty High School back in the day on the uh, Liberty State Championship team, played at Stanford. Um he just he was hit a crazy half court shot that just went uh, viral again. Uh, it was I think the 20 year reunion of when uh, when he hit a shot um, against Arizona. But he's an assistant coach at BYU, um, so I'm excited to see him tonight. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me he plays for him. I was like, Yeah, God, hold on. <laughs> they really do have some old guys. So I got to give some love, Nick Robinson, though, to start. But, yeah, you know, they're they're a um, you know they're a team that plays a lot of guys, and I think. Had a great start to the season in non-conference play. Um, they've hit a little bit of a tough stretch um, in Big 12 play. The adjustment, um, I think, has been a little bit of uh, a bigger adjustment than than you'd think um, coming into to Big 12 play. So uh, they're led by Jackson Robinson, who's a really talented like wing shooter. Um, so, I'd, but he's around 26 minutes a game. Um, Trevin Nell's a really good player. Spencer Johnson there. They're deep, um, and they got a lot. They got older guys, as you would expect. Um, but really, they're the guy that the circle. I think would be Jackson Robinson and Trevin Nell. Those are the two guys that I'm sure Kansas will be focusing on t- tonight in this matchup. Well, that's one of the big things Kansas did against Texas was take away their two leading scorers defensively in the game. Did you uh, did you get a chance to see much of that game against Texas over the weekend between KU and the, and the Longhorns? I got to see bits and pieces of it. Um, not not a, not a lot of us bouncing back and forth um, between games, but uh, got to see a little bit of it. But all in all, yeah, a, a great night uh, for for Kansas uh, defensively, and um, especially to do that with without Kevin too. 
Um, it, was a, it was a really good day all around for, for Kansas, all things considered, against Texas. Yeah, so so Kansas is trying to to win some games without Kevin McCuller, and, and I feel like I, I just, as a KU fan, want to see him be rested and ready for the postseason. You know, sure, I'd love it if they can win some games to close out the season, but I guess I'm kind of ready to concede the Big 12 to, to Houston and maybe possibly Iowa State. I, I want to see McCuller healthy for the postseason, but in the meantime, how important is it for these other guys like Timberlake to get minutes so that they can go into the postseason knowing they trust a couple guys off the bench? Yeah, I think it's huge. Um, you know, these are the, the games, especially with opportunity for, for some of these guys with Kevin out. That can pay off down the road. Um, I'm with you, Nate. Like, I, I know Kansas is competing for, for the Big 12, and, and they're still in it, um, obviously, and there's, there's still a few games here to go. But I think the focus should be on getting Kevin healthy, as healthy as possible, um, going into the, the big dance. Because um, I think Kevin is, is too important uh, for this for this Kansas team. Not just what he's doing offensively this year with the, the improved shot making, but his playmaking has been so much better, too. Like, he's a very good passer. Um, obviously, we know what he is defensively in terms of just setting the defense. He's a stopper. Um, he's a versatile defender. Um, which I think is most important is he can guard multiple positions um, in Kansas' defense. So he's really important for down the road. Now, you look at opportunity, Nick Timberlake playing 33 minutes, um, showcasing his athleticism, um, which I think was good, and then just finding some confidence in his jump shot, um, an efficient night going three for six, 13 points. Um, that was good. The emergence of Johnny Furphy, I think, has been the game changer, though all things considered for Kansas – um, with Al Marco now going to the bench and Johnny now in the starting lineup. And, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, that long ago we were talking about Arterio Morris. You know, losing Arterio was a big deal at the time because you're losing a guy that was going to be a big piece to this Kansas team. Um, so you needed guys to step up, and, and you're seeing that with Johnny Furphy. To, to have 16 points and just shoot the ball three times, um, his IQ is so high, and I, I think Johnny has just added – such a great dimension to this Kansas team because of his size, his shot making. He's great in transition. Um, yeah, he probably lacks some strength and physicality, but I've been really impressed with just his toughness. Uh, his ability to guard has been good. Uh, he's going to have those freshman mistakes, but um, you know he's he's been great. Um, and then Nate, I would just throw in DeJuan Harris into this this conversation for Kansas too. Uh, his ability to to not just defend and create offensively. But I do think it's important for him to find his offense because I think defenses, especially over the last couple of weeks, you know, allowing him to – he's going to have some opportunity to shoot the ball and get to his floater and get to the rim. He's such a pass-first, unselfish point guard. But it's good, good things happen when he's in double figures, and he was in double figures against Texas and 7-11 from the field, being aggressive to shoot the ball. You know, you're going to be open. you got to shoot it. DeJuan's got to find that confidence as we continue to go into March. God, I just wish one coach of my life would have told me to look for my offense. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> right. it's crazy right. to me to think about a player who has to be told <laughs> to find his shot. But I want to go back to Timberlake for a second because I don't know what expectations we should have had for him coming into the season, but you, you mentioned him trying to get his confidence shooting the ball. I didn't. I thought that would be the one thing that he didn't struggle with. Have you been surprised at maybe the struggles he's had to be consistent this year? Yeah, a little bit surprised. I, you know, I think it's it's tough when, you know, the, him coming to Kansas. A lot of that was his shot making, the, the three point yeah. shooting. Um, it's a different level. It's a different jump. I mean, he was a, a, close to an eighteen point per game score, and 
shot over 40% from, from three. So, you know, to your point, yeah, you'd think he'd come in and, and be confident and, and, you know, be ready to go right away. But it, it is a jump um, to, to the level that he's at now currently. And particularly defensively, you know, understanding the system, understanding how to play within that, um, find good shot selection. I think some of that probably plays into a little bit of a factor here. Um, but I, I think as the season has gone on, you know, at the, the beginning of the year, you know, the, the minutes were right, you know, right around 10 minutes to 15 minutes. Um, the efficiency sort of dropped, um, and the play defensively dropped. And if you if you don't guard, you're not going to, you know, get on the floor for Coach Self. That's that's really where it is. And the opportunity I think has been there with Kevin out, and Bill's been trying all sorts of different things, right? The the, the change with El Marco going to the bench. Um, I think helps El Marco. It takes some pressure off of El Marco, um, you know, to kind of simplify some things when he goes in the game. Um, the same thing I think could be, be said for, for, for Nick coming into games, um, understanding who he is, what he has to do uh, with the minutes he has, and I think he's just growing and growing uh, in that, that area with the minutes he's getting. And it's, it's important. I mean, they're going to have to rely on their bench in March. Every team has to do that. And the conversation this year has been, is Kansas deep enough? We know what they're going to get from their starters. You know, we know what they're, they're going to get from, from Kevin and from Hunter and KJ and those guys. But they're going to need some level of a punch off the bench. Who is that going to be? And I think Coach Self is just trying to maneuver lineups and rotations to see what he can get um, and try to get the most out of it. And, and they're doing that while winning, you know, a Big 12 game against Texas. It's a good offensive team that has some scores. Um, you know, I think that's something that you take from this is Nick playing 33 minutes, being on the floor, uh, doing his job, and not being a liability defensively. I think that's a good thing for Kansas. Jared Sutton's our guest. Jared, uh, K-State gets another overtime victory. Uh, Jerome Tang 12-0 in overtime as head coach. Uh, they beat West Virginia. That was a must-win, man. They blew a big lead, but they win in overtime. A must-win to keep their... NCAA tournament hopes alive. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that win and also what they have left at Cincinnati, at Kansas, and home against Iowa State. C.J. Moore earlier and uh, Mike DeCourcy uh, also agreed that they needed to win three of their last four, so they got one done. Uh, So now maybe winning at Cincinnati and getting split of those last two and maybe getting another win in Kansas City could get them into the tournament. Uh, what did you think of the win, and what do you think of the possibility of them doing what's necessary to get into the NCAA tournament? I mean, yeah, it's a good win. Um, that second half was ugly. I mean, the, the first half, tail two halves, um, Kansas State shot the ball so well in the first half, especially from three. I mean, hit 11 threes in the first half and very efficient. Um, and then the second half, they were very stagnant, and it felt like West Virginia was also just a totally different team um, in the second half. They had nine threes in the second half, and only had two in the first half. So the three-point shooting was a big piece to last night. Um, also free-throw shooting. Um, Kansas State final found a way, uh, especially in overtime, and they're great in overtime. You know, it's the, the 12-0 mark under Tang, and it's 7-0 this year in, in overtime games. I mean, it's impressive, um, and especially at home in your own building, uh, you want to take care of your home floor, especially when you're having to win games just to get in, you know, the dance. And the Big 12 is a great league, and we talk about it a lot, that it is the best conference in college basketball. And the, the, the slate ahead for Kansas State is tough. I wouldn't overlook Cincinnati either. I think it's a tough, tough place to play. Um, you know, Kansas State hopefully should take care of business there, but 
it's it's no walk in the park at Cincinnati either. Um, so it's a, it's a tough slate for for K State. Um, it's doable. It's doable. But when when I say it's doable, I mean they're they're going to have to be great for 40 minutes. Um, they're going to have to play consistently. They're going to have to close the game out. And um, they're able to do that last night, which is good. Um, they scored 94 points. They went in overtime. They did what they had to do. Uh, but they got to do that consistently and not let go of the rope and you know, not have the lulls that they had in the second half against West Virginia. But Tyler Perry was excellent. Um, had 29 points on 12 shots. Got to the free throw line. Cam Carter was great. Um, Arthur Kaluma, not as an efficient night as you would want. Um, but still impactful and effective. I think those three guys have to carry you. Um, and then if they can continue to get some level of production with their bench, with McNair and the Gesson, uh, I thought David was very good, close to a double-double, 10 rebounds. It really impacted the glass. Uh, and those rebounds really mattered, especially in, in the overtime period. Um, and, and they were able to out-rebound West Virginia. was a big part of the game. So they're able to find a way, uh, but consistently over these last few games here, um, is something to look for is can they do that and their their top three their main three have to be great um, they're a good defensive team and they need to you know kind of rest their, their their hard hat on that side of the ball like I thought they got away from that last night when they're not making shots and they're struggling on offense like they can't go away from their identity and I think that's defending and guarding uh, Cam Carter's an elite guard uh, Arthur Kaluma can guard um, but they got to do that for 40 minutes and can't go away from that just when they're struggling offensively and on the road, that's the biggest question for me, is, is can they play both ends of the floor for 40 minutes, especially if they, they might miss shots. They might struggle for a little bit, but they, they can't go away from, from guarding and defending and getting stops. What did you make of uh, the, the comments we heard at the start of the segment from Jerome Tang about uh, the student section in Bramlage? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of look at it as, for, for any coach, not just Coach Tang, I mean, I think when you're talking about your, your students or your fan base, um, I, I don't know. I, I think the focus is just on your, yourself, right, on, on, on the, the play on the floor. And, and, yeah, you want your support, you want your student sections and your student section packed. Every coach wants that. Um, but, you know, obviously it's, it's something that you can't control the, the fans sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's, it is what it is. I know, I know you want to put the support in, in, and you want to, you know, be vocal about that, and that's great. And it's true. Like, Coach Tang's done so much. Um, in Manhattan with the student section, you know, going to different events and trying to be connected and engaged in the community is not wrong. Um, but, you know, their, their focus should be on making the, you know, trying to do their best to finish the season. Um, and they've been, they've been dealt, you know, a lot of adversity too. You know, with the Naquan Tomlin thing, that was a big loss. I, I really appreciated how they handled that because I never felt like it was a crutch for Kansas State this year. I, I just never felt that from the staff, the players. Uh, they just kind of, you know, went to the next next step and the next game, and they focused on, you know, what was to come, and, and Naquan was gone, and they moved on, and they had to, unfortunately. And I, I think they've done a great job with that. Um, and they just got to stay focused to that and their play on the floor. Uh, and, and, yeah, they want their support, and, and that's great. And But it's got to be earned, too, a little bit. Um, that, that's kind of always my mentality. I, I told you guys that before, even when we were at Mizzou, like, our focus was if we're going to lose a couple games, our fans might not show. And we can't control that. What we can control is playing great ball to where we give them something where they have to show up. They have to be there because of how we're playing and earning that trust and that respect to the fan base. Why won't Missouri win a conference game? Why won't Missouri win a yeah, conference game? They, they refuse to. I don't, why won't they do it? <laughs> um, you know, I – it's, it's frustrating when they're in games, right? I mean, it's, it's frustrating when they, they have a lead in the game and they're, they're battling with 
Tennessee and they're battling with Ole Miss. But at this point, you never be- you just, you, 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 no. you're just waiting for the other shooter drop. Now, yeah, 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 for sure. It's, and they are too. I thought I thought the Arkansas game, even though it was on the road, I thought that was a, a chance for them, you know, to possibly do it. They, they they played well for a good stretch, um, but they just can't put 40 minutes together. And you know, it's great to see Sean East play so well and have 33 points and. You know, Tamar's had some great games. But if you really, like, peel back the onion and you look at just how inconsistent they are half-to-half offensively um, and then just how they go away from just defensively. Like, I thought they got some stops in the Arkansas game, uh, but they give up 42 points to Khalif Battle. And there were times where it's, like, he shot the ball 15 times, he got to the free throw line a lot, but there are times when – you know, they're just leaving Khalif Battle, and he's got extended range. And just little things, details, and, um, you know, defensively just from their defensive overall, just defensive rating, it's not great. I mean, it's one of the worst in, in the SEC, one of the worst in the Power Five. Like, defensively, rim protection, rebounding, it's always the same conversation. But um, I'm trying to find the positivity. As you guys know, I'm trying to be optimistic in terms of finding positives. Um you know, I, I think it's tough for me when you look at the Arkansas game. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to see Anthony Robinson. I'd, lo- I'd love to see Jordan Butler, you know, get extended minutes because those are freshmen. I, I don't know what their practices are like. I don't know what the camaraderie is right now with that group. They've, they've lost a lot of games, obviously. You hope they can stay positive and stay together. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's – there's some things to take away from this season. You know, they probably won't win a conference game. I'm not betting on that. And right now, I think it's all about the development development of young players. And if you want to have guys back, you're trying to figure that out. Guys are going to be on film, um, so they should have motivation if they if they're looking to transfer. And you're you're going to be on film, and coaches are going to evaluate that film. So it's it, there is things to get yourself you know up for games, even though the record isn't what you want it is. You know, some of these guys are going to enter the portal. Some of these guys are going to move on and, and maybe want to have an opportunity, and you're going to be on film. And what, what do you want to show? And that, that to me, is still got to be a motivating factor for some of these guys. And then the offseason is the most important thing as we look to, to next year and year three. they got a good recruiting class coming in. Um, my disappointment right now is the situation that took place with Desiree Reed-Francois. Um, she was a terrific athletic director. She did a ton for not just basketball, but for football and other sports around Columbia. She did just a fantastic job in her role, cutting edge of NIL, fundraising, facilities, everything I wanted in the athletic director she brought to the table. And she walks out the door um, to Arizona. That's tough. That, that's, that's the, you know, the, the, this season for Mizzou basketball, it has been a bad year. Uh, it's been frustrating. I get the frustration. I get, I get that. Um, the, the reality is the fans have supported the program. You watch a Mizzou basketball game, fans are going to games. And to me, that's Desiree Reed-Francois, the athletic department, to make the environment more fan-friendly. Like, you go to a Mizzou basketball game, the experience is a much better experience. The students are still going. Um, I still think there is still a love for Dennis Gates, even though it's been a bad year. There's a lot of things that have not gone right without question. But this guy, in year one, won 25 games, went to the NCAA tournament, won an NCAA tournament game, and inherited a roster that had a ton of question marks around it and made Kobe Brown the player he is today, made Des Moines Hodge the player he is today. Um, and he fits the modern-day game. I, I, I do trust um, and really buy into Dennis Gates philosophically of what he's brought to the program, and I want to see that through. And it's a big offseason. There's no question about it. 
um, as we move to the future. And, and, and he'll say this. I, I, there's, it's, it's unacceptable, obviously, to, to not win a conference game. We all know that. Um, it is what it is. We have to accept that. But there has to be perspective in this, too. It's, it is not like it was with Conto Martin. It is not even close to what it was like to Tim Anderson. Um, it's, it's much different. The SEC is a totally different league uh, as well. There's some great teams in this league, great coaches, um, and there's going to have to be a flip this offseason. There's no question about that. Do you have a pick for the new AD who I would suggest uh, do a better job of warming up to Eli Drinkwitz? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think I have a pick. Um, Come I on, you got a pick. you got I, connections. I, I want someone that, you, you know, is, is bought in to Mizzou, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I believe Desiree was bought into Mizzou. I think there are other factors in play here um, that I think need to be really worked through before we make a hire, if that makes sense. Um, you know, from those that are going to be a part of the search committee, from those that are going to be, you know, making the decision with the board, um, are, are, is, are those groups aligned? Um, are those groups going to allow an AD to do their job uh, and do that effectively? Um, and I do think there needs to be a balance of an athletic director's job is, is to, you know, obviously fundraise, facilities, hiring coaches, um, and they have a job to do, and that the focus should be to allow them to do their job. That's why they, that's why you hire them. That's why you put them in place. Um, and to me, that's that's my thought right now. Is I don't know who we're going to select. I, I don't have a pick, but I think for right now, it needs to be how are we going to allow someone? Because the ads are going to be asking these questions when they interview. Is they want to be able to take the job and do the job effectively? Um, you do have to have a good relationship with your football coach. Obviously, football drives everything in college athletics. I think that is definitely a point of emphasis. But it wasn't like coaches didn't like Desiree Refrancois. I mean, she was bought in to Coach Gates. She was bought into a lot of the coaches um, in other sports. And I always appreciated every time I heard Dennis Gates talk about Desiree Refrancois and other coaches, not just Dennis, is she gets it. She gets it. She gets it. Um, and it was very clear when talking to Desiree that she did get it. And she understood where modern-day college athletics was and where it is going, uh, and she walked out the door. So how are you going to continue to bring in someone that fits that mold um, that can be able to you know, be allowed to do their job and, and make sure that they um, you know, have say and, and, and they're leaders as well within Mizzou athletics, <laughs> and they got to be able to lead and, and, and do their job? What about you? I nominate you. What about that? Nominate me? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, I think you guys would agree with this. Um, I always joke with John Sunbold about this, that, you know, John, John served on the board of curators, and um, I always felt like with, John needs to be a part of any decision with Mizzou Athletics. He lives in Columbia. He's trusted. He's respected. He's smart. Um, he's going to make the best decision. That's uh, who you want, John Sunbold. I get uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, he, he'd just be a guy that I, I would love to hopefully be just a part of conversations if, if those take place. So. I'm with you on that. Yeah. All right, Jared Sutton. Where's your? So you're going to Kansas BYU tonight? Then where? Yeah. Then I, I get to go see our boy Tim English. I got Marquette and Providence on uh, on Wednesday, so um, big game for for them at Marquette. So I'll be in Milwaukee on Wednesday. Are you gonna um, Are you gonna talk to him? Yeah. yeah Will I, you I, tell him? Will you tell him to come on this effing show? Would you please? <laughs> I'll be sure to drop that. Uh, maybe post game. Maybe, maybe just post game. Say, hey, look, yeah. Yeah. there's a portly Mexican radio host who would like to speak to you on air. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. That's I gotcha. all. 
I got you. I'll drop the hint. I'll, I'll drop it to him. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure he's aware. I'll make sure he's aware. Oh, you better drop that hint. You're the man, you. Jared Sutton. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank for you. Me. I want Kim English in this in this damn NCAA tournament. I need teams to root for. How are they looking? Bubble. Bubble team. Bubble. Bubblicious. They got work to do, but don't we all? We the all last do. thing I saw, they were the, in one projection, they were the first team out. So they're right on the bubble. All right. A couple dubs down the stretch. Hmm. I'll answer that right now. Since you're asking me, who else should I root for? I want. I kind of. I, I would like. I. I would like to see Kelvin Sampson win it all. I like Isn't him. Terrible. No. Why would it be terrible? There's lots to like about Kelvin Sampson. I feel like I want to root for Creighton. Yeah, but do you really want to be on the same side as Dieter with that thing? I, I got. I got friends with Creighton. Joe Lenardi like has Providence as one of his last four in today. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Can we have Joe Lenardi on on my birthday again so he can wish Nick a happy birthday? Sure. <laughs> They've won three in a row. St. John's, DePaul, and they won at Xavier. Ooh, coming up next tomorrow, they got at Marquette. Who in the last game of the year, they host UConn. At Marquette, go Kimmy English. That's right. UConn, go Kimmy English. Right. They're 9-7 and seven in the Big East, and they're 18-9 first year. What do you want? He's having good success in the Big East, Jake. Good success mm-hmm. in the Big East is what you want from him. I'm not going to do it, but let me tell you something. I will. The emotion, the energy, the buzz in the building, just spectacular. They were our sixth man, and it really was a special, special win for them. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the, good sex in the Big East. Thank yeah. you, Jimmy. All of it. <laughs> What's wrong with that? He gets me every time because he tries to correct himself. It says continued, <laughs> which means you're already having it. Right. So, all right. Thanks. And then he, <laughs> he tried to. He tried to correct himself. For them. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the Big East. I <laughs> like Dennis Gates. You do. And I did not ask for this to happen. But you let that team get off to a slow start next year. And I will I will gas it up. I will put it through the wash. I will have it detailed. And my fat ass will be driving the Kim English to Columbia bandwagon. Oh, buddy, you already got that thing. Oh, You're getting detailed right now. Yeah, it's it's ready. Ready. I'm not doing yeah. it. It's not one bad year. But I'm seeing this and you that. Just dropped it off for an oil change. Yeah, I'll have that. <laughs> I'll have that out on I-70 so, so quick. Make your head spin. He's checking filter. the tire pressure, making sure the wheels are all right. <laughs> Gassed it up. How <laughs> was that? Bumping it out. So not too long ago, I was, on, I was on the phone demanding he get hired at UMKC. I made all kind of wild demands in my time. I don't know, dude. If, if we've got Nick Bolton Jr. in a Chiefs uniform. Yeah. and I got and, Chase Daniel and, and, and Jeremy Macklin in Chiefs uniforms. Give me some credit for that, too. Missouri... 
Winning Cotton Bowls and Kim English coaching the basketball team. I don't even know what we'll do with you. First things first, Cody Schrader's got to get drafted by the Chiefs. Okay? Don't be getting ahead of yourself. Back into this on WHB. Welcome back to the show. We can play the rest of the uh, Eli Drinkwitz that you worked so hard to cut up, Jake. Thank you. Eli Drinkwitz had his press conference to kick off spring football. First practice is today. That's right. Football. It never ends. Yes, sir. Here Eli Drinkwitz talks about his new defensive coordinator and the other new additions to his staff. I'm excited about the additions to our staff. Corey Batoon, our defensive coordinator, has an extensive background in coaching defense, um, whether that's been at Central Missouri, Arkansas State, Ole Miss, Hawaii, Liberty, or South Alabama. Um, He's been associated with great defensive football play. I was really... um, Excited after his interview, not only because of his expertise in, in understanding the back end and tying that in with the front end, but also because of, of his technical abilities coaching the safety position in an area that I know that we need to improve. Um, he'll do a tremendous job coaching not only the safeties, but also making sure that death row defense doesn't lose uh, any of the tenacity that it's built, uh, any of the aggressive nature that we have, um, but also finding ways to improve. Brian Early is our edge coach. Um, he's a similar background to us, former high school football coach uh, who got an opportunity to coach college football and has taken and has made the most of it. Um, developed a lot of great pass rushers and uh, defensive linemen at Houston. Uh, had defensive players of the year at Arkansas State uh, and has re- really been a great addition uh, to us so far. We also added Jacob uh, Euro as defensive analyst from Hawaii. Um, he'll be our lead defensive analyst and somebody who has experience not only coaching, uh, coordinating, but but uh, coaching um, defensive football at a high level. We'll add a few more analysts uh, throughout the, the spring, and we'll, I'll make those uh, announcements as they get um, formalized or finalized. All right, here um, Coach Drinkwitz talks about some notable – uh, transfers coming in to help the offense. Uh, and so uh, here are some of the names to watch out for this uh, as uh, spring football starts. Probably the lead begins with Caden Green, offensive tackle from Kansas City, um, coming to us from Oklahoma. He played in 11 games last year, had five starts. as a guy that we think has position flexibility, but will we'll begin the, the uh, spring term as a left tackle. Uh, very excited about his length, speed, uh, athleticism. Also excited about his tenacity. Uh, and it's always fun to see all the talk about him on Twitter. Marcus Carroll, running back from Georgia State. Uh, first team all Sunbelt Conference. You know, we're going to be replacing uh, the SEC's leading rusher. So, obviously, we, that was a position that we had of need. First team all Sunbelt Conference. Uh, single season rushing record uh, at Georgia State with 1,350 yards in 12 games. Um, but not only st- uh, st- stopped there, we added Nate Noel from Appalachian State, r- has rushed for 3,000 yards in his time, uh, started 25 games in his career there. Um, so very excited about uh, those guys that we were able to add. Um, 
on the offensive side of the football. We also added J.R. Blood, a quarterback from Southern. Um, his brother of Daniel Blood um, was a starting quarterback at Southern University last year. So on the offensive side of the football, I believe those are the additions that we've had so far throughout the, through the portal. So uh, obviously new left tackle and two uh, extremely experienced running backs to try to replace Cody Schrader. We'll have uh, one more from Drinkwitz after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol and Sports Radio 810 WHB. Let's listen to one more clip from Eli Drinkwitz while Nate Buchanan sticks different things up his nose. <laughs> what was that just now? Oh, this is just a little uh, vapor inhaler. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I got something to clear that up. Wow. Uh, here... Now, look, defense, they've got some talent to replace. I just looked at Matt Miller's top 50 draft prospects, and he has number 15, Ennis Rakestraw, Mizzou corner, and number 25, Darius Robinson, Mizzou defensive lineman. And they've got Chris Abrams, Drain, the other starting corner, uh, uh, Tyron Hopper, the excellent linebacker. Uh, there's a lot of talent to replace defensively. I've seen Rick draw in some mock drafts go to the Chiefs at 32. Doubt he'll be there, but I have seen it. Well, the tip of the cap to you. All right, he's underrating that stuff. I look at this. Enabler. Uh, here, uh, Eli Drinkwitz talks about some defensive talent uh, that will uh, hopefully help replace what they're losing. On the defensive side of the ball, um, obviously, we knew with the loss of, of our two corners, we needed to add some depth at the corner position. Very fortunate to get Toriano Pride uh, to come back. Uh, corner from St. Uh, from St. Louis um, has played uh, over 500 snaps in 26 games, three starts at Clemson. So very excited about his addition there. We added a couple more players on the back end with Corey Flag. Uh, sorry, with Caleb Flag. And with Gerald Lacey to walk on safety, or sorry, two safeties uh, coming from uh, Stephen F. Austin and coming from Houston Christian. Those guys have played a lot of football. Well, Caleb has played some football. Gerald just got started. Uh, really needed to add some depth at the D line position. So two transfers that we brought in at the DN position, Zion Young from Michigan State's played over 20 games, and Darius Smith from Georgia played over 16 games. Those guys add length and size that we need in that room and the ability to rush the passer. We also felt like we needed to add some D-tackle depth, uh, losing three starter or three rotational starters for us. We added Chris McClellan, who appeared in 25 games at Florida, and Sterling Webb, who played in all 14 of New Mexico State's conference championships game this year, making eight starts. We needed to add some depth at linebacker and a potential start, a standout performer, Corey Flagg, who played in 43 games and 23 starts at Miami. Uh, very excited for him, um, you know, having two starters uh, uh leave with Chad Bailey and, and Tyron Hopper adding Corey Flagg was huge for us. And then Brady Holtman, uh, who transferred in from Wyoming, very excited to see what he can do for us. And then we needed to add uh, a punter, and we uh, added Orion Phillips, um, punter from Murray State, also from Australia. Very good. It's an experienced group with well over 100 career starts amongst them. Um, it's going to be great for them to get acclimated to what we're trying to do here um, and then to for them to show us what their strengths are and figure out how we can uh, find value for them in their role this spring. I mean, just try to wrap your head around this, what college football is now. Just listen to all those names he just said. 
this guy from Clemson, this guy from Florida, this guy from Miami, this guy from Michigan State. It's and all these guys have played all this talent. This guy from Australia, right? But if you, if you have the ability to to properly work the transfer portal, you lose. And they're going to have several defensive players drafted, maybe a couple of them in the first round. But then you're able to go out and get guys that start started at, at football powers around the nation, whether they want to come closer to home or things weren't going well, there was a coaching change. It's, it's, it's just crazy what college football is now. It's free agency. That's what it is. You know, yeah, with like no long-term contracts, so right. everybody's a free agent, yeah. <laughs> like all the time. Yeah, and no salary cap. No, well, a lot of salaries, no cap. <laughs> well, there you go. Mizzou fans get fired up for football. Eli Drinkwitz with his press conference yesterday. Back at practice today, because football don't stop. It's like the border patrol. Football don't stop. It's like Nate Bucati's nasal congestion. It don't stop. <laughs> oh, God, it better. It's like Jake Gutierrez's beard. It don't stop. And we're all going to Sporting Kansas City Media Day because we don't stop. Yeah, baby. And they better have some good food out there like I was promised or I will stop. This is on you. We they better have a red carpet out there. This is everything that happens... Better be up to certain specifications, or you'll be dragged through the show tomorrow. I'm just telling you. We could always stop is, at a tight and the light over there. We could always stop to. at sporting, at sporting Kansas City. Yes, training. Yes, because this is all on you. Right. Bring it. Right here on Sports Radio 810 WHP.